Okay. Let's pray, Father. Thanks for Sunday school and this time we can uh, take to um, think and study more about um, our problem of not trusting you and uh, fearing others um, over fearing you. We pray that uh, these truths would sink deep and that we'd be able to, uh, that it would transform us. So uh, be with us as we discuss. We love you in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So this is our second part of Fear of Man in the last <coughs> last lesson on the series of uh, practical theology. So Michael did addictions, um, Wade did depression, and then uh, finishing out with Fear of Man. So... Um, let's see, let's recap really quick. So last week we just talked about fear of man and how, how and why we uh, fear man, right? So basically recognizing what it is um, and how pervasive it is, right? Uh, so at this, this box at the top um, is just a summary of what, what it is. Um, it says, the fear of man is when people control how we think, feel, and act. It comes up when we view people as bigger and significant than God in our lives. This is a pervasive problem for all of us. And so today we're going to talk about how, how we can overcome the fear of man, right? So, so the outline is this. I'm going to lay it out for you guys so hopefully it's easy to follow. All right, so one is we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord, right? We all sort of know what this is, but at the same time, like we, I guess we, sometimes we just lose focus of what this is. Okay. And this will put everything in perspective. Uh, two is we are to uh, recognize and be honest with ourselves, right? Recognize where we, uh, I guess, where we are most needy. I don't know. Where we are most needy. So, fear the Lord. Recognize where we most needy. Like, be honest with where our problem is, right? And we all have the problem. We just, sometimes we just are blinded by it, right? We're just in the fog, we don't know, we can't see. Okay, so recognize where. Three is, okay, how does the gospel liberate us, right? So gospel, let's take the gospel. Gospel is the answer to everything. And then four is how we are to live it out, right? Need others, need others less. And love them more. significance significance in Christ okay so when you look at it it's like okay true 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 right but then a lot of times we just just, we just overlook a lot of these things right so we're gonna look at each one and just talk about it and discuss and so um because you know the more you study something the more you look at something the more it comes to life right the more you realize that okay I really lack in a lot of these areas, right? So we'll talk about that. Um, you guys have any questions so far? All right. Okay, so the first one we're going to talk about is the fear of the Lord. And we're just going to camp out on this one for a little bit. Um, and so so the question is, um, there's two questions I, I ask here. What is the fear of the Lord and how we can grow in the fear of the Lord? So let's, uh, let's, okay, before we read um, the verses, uh, I'm just going to ask you guys, what is the fear of the Lord? And so, um, what are some of your ideas of the fear of the Lord, um, and how, 
Oh, let's just start with that. What is the fear of the Lord? You guys can cheat, I guess. Revering God, yeah. not um, understanding that He is Almighty, and that should yeah, revere, revere God. Yeah, <coughs> so kind of understanding who He is. Uh, revere God, know God, right? Yeah, cool. Any other thoughts? <coughs> and you're smiling. You have a thought. I was just thinking, okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think it is out of knowing who God is. Mm. I think it is knowing that God is a just God, that yeah. He's also our Father. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of aspects about God that lead us Father. to knowing how to fear Him. Yeah, that's good. Um, so He's just so we could say like He's loving, right? Um, yeah, so just knowing different aspects, right? So all the all aspects. Right. So, so when we think of the fear of the Lord, okay, there's there, in one sense there is, um, there is a, a sense of terror, right? Like, oh man, God is wrathful, and God comes to, um, he will condemn people, right? And he is gonna pour out his wrath on people, right? So in one sense, it's terror. Right, but as we know, like for for those uh, um, that are believers, right, there's no condemnation for us, right. So, the fear of the Lord is still super applicable in that, yeah, like you guys said, right. We revere God, we kind of know who He is, right. Um, so, Neiman, can you read us uh, Proverbs nine? Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Yeah. And Lisa, can you read us Proverbs nineteen? The fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it rests satisfied. Has it rest satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Yeah. And yeah, so we've all heard this one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we see that, um, you know, as Christians, we, we know that this is true, right? The Bible is true. And when we understand who God is, and we know all his different aspects. Um, we did a series, The Attributes of God. Um, I think the one before this. Um, and then it was just really good to, again, to just know who God is, all his little uh, attributes, and how everything is, it comes into harmony, right? And then a lot of things click. Like for me, when I understand um, who God is uh, more deeply, everything clicks, right? It's like, okay, he's this way because of this. So like certain things in my life, um, I don't have anything like specific, but things just start making sense, right? And so... Um, so when it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, we begin to have a clearer understanding of this, this uh, of what life is, right? We have a clearer worldview, right? So this is super important, to fear uh, God, uh, fear the Lord. And so it says down here, reverence, it, fear of the Lord is a reverence and submission to God. It is when we know how holy, awesome, good, big, powerful, loving, etc. God is, and we respond in worship, reliance, hope, and trust in God, right? And this is so important because a lot of times we we don't fear God like the way we should, right? And a lot of times we have a, such a low view of God 
that it's just dis- everything's distorted, right? Um, we begin to just live worldly, and, and we forget God. Again and again, we forget the fear of the Lord and how important this is. So once we understand this, this will put everything into perspective, right? Uh, understanding this will, will make all things clear for us. You guys have any questions on this one? No questions? All right. So let's go to two. How can we grow in the fear of the Lord? What do you guys think? Aside before. Poor Jesus. How do we grow in the fear of the Lord? We kind of talked about it a little bit, right? How do we know God? We study the Bible. (laughs) 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 So so the Bible is God's revelation to us, right? Like, like, uh, as Christians, we believe everything in here is true. Everything is truth in here. Um, And so, when we we study the Bible, that's where we find where God is. That's where we... um, Everything that, all our lessons, all of uh, all of uh, Michael and, and uh, Wade's sermons are, everything is based on the Bible, right? We don't just give our own opinions, but everything is from the Bible. And so through this is where we get all these lessons, right? We, how do we know the attributes of God? Everything is in the Bible, right? We, these aren't things we make up, right? So we grow in the fear of the Lord when we understand these Bible truths, right? So... Um, Let's read a couple of these verses. Evie, can you read Deuteronomy for us? Gather gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they (coughs) live on the earth, and that they may may teach their children so. Um, And Aikman, can you read Psalm 34 for us? Oh, fear the Lord, you, his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions... Suffer want and hunger, and but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Yeah. So we know that the fear of the Lord can be taught. Right. It's not something we just magically gain, like like God will just um, magically give you information. Right. Um, it's something that we learn. It's something that is taught. It says like teach your children. Right. So we learn that these truths are passed down and. And uh, we read our Bible and, and teach others, right? So the fear of the Lord is taught. Um, we see that uh, for those uh, in bold, Psalm 34, for those who fear Him have no lack. Right. So when we fear God, when we genuinely fear God, we'll know that He satisfies everything, right? That He fills us, that He gives us significance, that, um, that through the fear of the Lord, through the uh, revering God and, and worshiping Him, we'll we will know that he's all satisfying. Right? I feel like, um, you know, reading the, the, the value of reading the Bible is not just getting information, right. but um, just making the truth real. Um, I think it's really significant that the Bible, the large majority of it is stories. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about stories, but it has such a power over us um, so that when you hear the story and you see God acting for his people, it um, has this effect, you know? Um, it's like when you watch a romantic movie and you feel romantic afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it true. just has this impact on us. And uh, the more you saturate and marinate 
in scripture and mm -hmm. in the stories and thinking about God, it frames you so that when you're out there, people don't seem so big. Yeah. God seems really big. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Like, um, a lot of times, um, like for me, I used to just skim the Bible and be like, okay, these, like, I, I know it's true, but, but, um, like going through seminary and, and like preparing for lessons and stuff, when you just camp out in a verse and just like stare at it for like a whole day, it's like, oh man, it really comes to life, right? You understand just how deep these truths are. And, and then you get that feeling of after watching a movie, like a romantic movie, like, oh, I want to love my wife more, you know, or stuff. <laughs> so it, it gives you that sense of like, okay, this is, this is real, right? And this is how it affects us. Um, you guys have any questions, comments on this? Cool, alright. Uh, yeah, so this last line I put, We grow in the fear of the Lord when we study the Bible and meditate on who God is. The Bible is God's revelation of Himself to us. Right? We must know who the God of the Bible is and not be swayed by our worldly thoughts. Right. Where do we get our thoughts from? A lot of times we just learn from our friends, right? From culture and from our, from our uh, parents. You know, they teach us um, things, whether good or bad, right? Um, a, lot, a lot of times my worldview is skewed from, you know, my friends and, and sometimes my parents. Uh, and so they give you these thoughts of how the world works, right? But how does the world work? Like we find it in the Bible, right? Everything is a result of sin and how... Uh, God is trying to redeem everything, right? So, the more we understand that, the more we um, are free just from our own our own thoughts of the world. Okay, so let's go to two. So when we know the fear of the Lord, everything is put in perspective, right? Um, when we understand this, everything is that's me, right? Okay, and so second thing is. Not only do we need to fear the Lord, but we need to recognize where we are most needy, right? Where is our problem, right? So, so part of the teaching is like, okay, we want to pre uh, present truths, right? We want to pre present these biblical truths, um, but that's only part of it. We also need to uh, be honest with ourselves, and so we need to deconstruct where we are wrong, right? Um, and so for me, it was like, like the gospel, right? The gospel, we know, we know the gospel truths um but until i was able to deconstruct my my uh understanding of the gospel is wrong i i basically just uh understood the gospel as we were kind of to merit favor right and we were to try to like be good christians um to be good people and then that would uh, god would look down on us and smile and, oh, you're worthy right but that's completely wrong that's not the gospel right so i had to deconstruct this in order to uh really fully understand it. So one, understand these gospel truths, understand Bible truths, and two, recognize where we are lacking, where we are wrong. Um, and this requires a lot of humility um, because a lot of times we don't think we're wrong, right? So so we need to be honest with ourselves, right? Uh, so the second point is we must recognize and el eliminate our self-serving desires and neediness. Um, Sub-point one is we must recognize that the fear of man in us is not primarily a psychological problem, but first it is a problem that stems from sin. Um, and what does that mean? Okay, let's read, let's read the, this quote from Ed Welch, and then, uh, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, oh yeah, Nathan, can you, can you read this quote for, uh, for us? Yeah. When psychological needs, rather than sin, are seen as our primary problem, not only is self-understanding affected, 
but the gospel itself has changed. Anybody want to take a stab at, at what this means? <coughs> Any thoughts? It's okay to... Uh, Marsh, I know you have a thought. Um, I don't know. Okay, I'll just <laughs> say something. Yes. Um, but I guess um, I guess like when we think of things as like psychological problems, then it kind of shifts the focus towards us, right, rather mm-hmm. than God. So it's like, oh, how can we like get our happiness or our satisfaction or whatever, right? It's yeah. about what we yeah. want. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it, right? Um, so. So, uh, secular world, secular world thinks that we are, um, uh, they believe that a psychological problem is just, uh, it's kind of just a part of us, right? It's inherent. And, and so they try to focus on how do we get rid of it? Um, how do we uh, take care of it? Uh, but Bible says everything first stems from sin, right? <clears throat> when sin came into the world, then what? Then everything was broken, right? Not just our physical bodies, but, uh, mentally, spiritually, um, psychologically, um, and we talked about that a little last week. How you know Adam and Eve, uh, they became naked, right? They knew that they were naked. They felt the shame, and so that's when sin entered the world, and that's why everything is broken, right? It's not just psychological. Um, so the sin first. So <coughs> everything stems from sin, basically. Um, and so Ed, Ed Chair says that. Uh, when psychological needs rather than sin are seen as our primary problem, not only is our self-understanding affected, but the gospel itself is changed, right? So exactly like what Marsh, Marsh says, right? The gospel is not intended to make us feel good, right? It's not intended to make us uh, uh, feel... Um, it's not meant to fill us, basically, right? With all our, just our, our needs and desires. Um, it's not to boost our self-esteem, right? Um, the gospel is that is uh, that Christ is here to redeem us, right? To bring us, bring us back. Um, Can you clarify yes. the difference between psychological needs and sin? Um, yeah, okay, let's, let's see. Psycho needs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to type psycho, but psychological needs. <laughs> sin, right? So psychological needs is part of our... Um, um, it's a part of just a part of who we are right um, in the sense that it is just one part of who we are right sin uh, encompasses this oh, let's go like this uh, okay I don't know if I'm drawing this properly but I'm just making it up <laughs> So here's sin, and okay, I don't know. I'm just starting to make this up, so please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Psychological, um, spiritual, physical. So this is, this isn't it, but I mean, this isn't exactly what we're made of, but kind of, right? So this is who we are. We're made of all these things, um, and sin 
uh, ruins everything, right? So when we focus on psychological, we're just focusing on one part. So if we say that um, we, if we say that, uh, if we say that, uh, if we focus only on how we are to feel loved and feel significant and feel uh, and get this affirmation and everything stems from here, right? We just need to be loved in order to be good human beings, right? Then we're just focusing on psychological, the psychological aspect, when really the bigger problem is sin, right? Sin ruined this, this, this. Um, and so if we focus on this, then it just becomes um, kind of just self-centered. Um, it's just about us and how we are to uh, feel this love and desire, how we are to uh, be filled <laughs> uh, but how how is the gospel changed though? I, I'm I kind of see uh, where what what this <coughs> is, but then I I don't I kind of don't understand. Right, that. right. So the gospel and the gospel doesn't just say that um, the gospel attacks the sin issue, right? As in, um, the good news is that uh, Christ redeems and He's gonna make all things new, right? It's not just uh, just a psychological issue. And he's talking about uh, when psychological needs are the primary, um, when, we, and when it is seen as a primary issue, it, it detracts from the view of sin, right? Does that make sense? So what's, what's, your, what's the relation between sin and psychology, or the psychological problems? Yeah, I think perhaps what Ed Welch is trying to say um, it's not that sin is the holistic picture and psychological is mm. the partial picture, but more that um, psycho the, the psychological interpretation of our problems <coughs> is that um, you know you, you for example you seek your parents' approval, and um, <coughs> that's because um, you know maybe your parents never gave you love or maybe. Um, <coughs> you you have some sort of um, psychological bent, um, some sort of um, some sort of like a mental breakdown or some sort of um, um, over desire or something like that. But sin is basically is a, is a totally different way to look at it. It's not mm -hmm. saying, oh, you just your parents are just too <coughs> important to you. You know, you need to redirect and find affirmation from parents. And, teacher, I mean from teachers and friends or something like that, but rather that your core problem is that you're disconnected from God, mm. um, and that you're alienated from yeah. God, and that if you understood God as your true parent and his affirmation, then you wouldn't need not only your parents, but anyone's, right? Mm. I don't know, I'm yeah. really just um, spitballing here, yeah. fly. I, wait, what, do you think that's... No, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking more like uh, on a larger scale. I'm thinking like just how our psychology is broken because sin is entered into the world. I, I, I missed a Catholic Sunday school lesson, so I'm gonna like, um, but I'm like all those things in the circle. Those are broken because of sin, and the gospel addresses them in that um, it it restores those things to to health. Because God, the gospel directly addresses our sin. I, I think that's like a simplistic view, but yeah, yeah. Michael was saying a little something a little bit different. So, any other thoughts on it? 
So then when you're, like, for example, taking psychological, when you solely zoom in onto that, yeah. then it takes away from the gospel? Like, it, like it, it, it kind of gives you a solution for your problem other than the gospel? Is that what it, it, it's saying? I mean, I don't know um, when it's, what but, exactly Ed Walsh is saying, but I think, I'm just stabbing at it, I think it's not that psychological is just a partial picture, but it's giving us a completely different definition of the problem. Uh -huh. um, our, our, the, the gospel tells us our core problem is that we've lost God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Psych psychology tells us our core problem is um, psychological, meaning um, we just have to have this balanced mind. You know, yeah. like parents are important, but they're not the ultimate thing. Friends are important, but they're not the ultimate thing. You just kind of have them all sort of like collectively important. And uh, the gospel says they're all actually secondary. There is no ultimate mm. in this life, but it's God. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Okay. I agree with that. That sounds better. Yes. Okay. Cool. Is that <coughs> an answer? All right, cool. So um, let's go to point two. Or sub point two. Um, all right, sub point two says that uh, it says we were created primarily to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, right? And that's from the Westminster Catechism and from the Bible, <laughs> and not glorify ourselves and have all our needs and desires met, right? So um, a lot of times we view life and the world revolves around <coughs> us, right? But um, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that um, it's not really about us as individuals, right? Um, and so this bottom part, uh, I put down, because of our sinful nature, we often take good things, for example, love, sex, money, and we corrupt it, right? Our desire for love and significance can easily turn into a selfish desire of, I need blank in order to be happy. I need um, love from my wife, respect from my wife. I need affirmation from friends and, and uh, family in order to be happy. And so in the instance of the fear of man, we elevate people to fill our self-serving needs. We replace the fear of God with the fear of man. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what we've been talking about this whole time, what the fear of man is, right? It's elevating man above God. Um, last week we have God here, man here, and me, right? And we know that God is like everything, right? But a lot of times we just, God goes down here and we fear man a lot more, right? And so we seek, uh, when we're talking about glory from man, this approval, this affirmation, uh, this love and significance from man rather than God. Um, and so a lot of times we have it backwards, right? The world revolves around me, right? Um, but really, what, is, what, are we, what are we called to be as believers, right? We're to glorify God. It's not just about us, it's about others, right? about God um, this next point is, is is meant for the next one so skip number four uh, let's go to three so number three is your psychological need for love and significance too big be honest in examining where your needs and desires are too big um, and again I can only I speak for myself like I, for me like my biggest need and desire um, is um, to be loved by Lauren, right, my wife. Like I've gotten over the fact that um, I don't need, 
friends, whatever. I don't need. I mean, I need friends, but I don't need. <laughs> I don't need you guys to tell me that I'm <coughs> worth something, right? Uh, my issue now is has turned to my wife. You know, if she, uh, if she doesn't um, uh, say I did a good job in this certain area, then I'll feel like oh, I'm such a failure, right? And so, um, a lot of times, I, she becomes my god, and she becomes like who I seek significance from. So, um, so yeah, we need to be honest with ourselves. Like, where do we seek our, um, our significance and love? And we know this, but how much does this control us? So be honest with yourself. Okay. So point three, how does the gospel liberate us? Um, know that, point, know that as God's children, we are loved more than we can, we are loved more than we can imagine. Um, and we find our joy, fullness, and significance in God. Uh, Melissa, can you read us Romans 5? But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah, it's the gospel, right? Even when we were dirty sinners, uh, Christ still loved us. He still sent, uh, uh, oh, God still sent Christ to die for us, right? That God loves us that much, you know? Um, these You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Yeah, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Yeah. (laughs) So the more we understand the gospel, that's why I love how um, IGC is gospel centered. You know, it always points us back to. Uh, what Christ has done for us and what we look forward to, right? And then we find so much meaning and significance in this, right? Um, that God loves us even when we were sinners, when we were worth nothing, um, when we were dirty, when we were uh, disgusting, like Christ died for us, right? And so we know this to be true, but it's so hard to, you know, like, like okay, that's all I need, right? Um, so it's, it's, again, it's uh, dwelling on this thought let the gospel sink deep. Right? Um, so point two is know that God is faithful and will never forsake you. Ash. Hebrews Keep 15. your life free from love of money and be content with what you have for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout, by, um, throughout the OT, we see how God is faithful um, to the Israelites, even when they were uh, when they turn their backs to other gods, God still uh, pursues, right? So, so even in our moments where we feel like God is not for us, He is for us, right? He says He'll never forsake us, right? As His children, like we need to understand that even in our dark moments, God is there for you. He will never forsake you, right? And so you need to understand. Let this sink deep. Um, even when it seems like He's against you, right? No, He's for us. Don't just go off of our feelings. You know, feelings can be fickle at times. And so we need to go off of these Bible truths to know that God will never forsake you, that God is, that God loves you beyond um, anything we can imagine, right? Uh, so three, know that the gospel is not just about you as an in- individual. Um, and I, I added this to kind of show us that uh, sometimes we think the gospel is, okay, that God loves me. Okay, good. I'm done, right? So I'm, but it's not just that. It's, the gospel um, is about community. It's about the church, right? Um, 
uh, it's not just about getting ours and then and then being good with it, right? We need to understand that um, it's about it's not about individualism, but it's about this community of glorifying God together, right? So we need each other to do the work of God. Um, it's not just again about us. Um, the start, I guess, you know, like the the starting line is not the finish line, as in like we're not in and that's it, right? As a community, we're meant to glorify God, proclaim the gospel, right? Okay, so for letting these gospel truths sink deep will help us to stop being so needy and start loving and serving God and others. It's no longer about us, it's about others, right? And this brings us to our last point. Need others less, love others more. Um, to think of ourselves less, not think less of ourselves, and love others more is what we are called to do as believers and this is the most tangible form of overcoming the fear of man right so putting these things together will help us to um, be free right be free of ourselves looking only at ourselves we'll know that we are uh, called to uh, glorify God and enjoy him forever um, and so it no longer becomes an individual project this Christian life it's about community right um, it's about um service right so let's read these uh these last few verses and we'll close out uh marsh can you read philippians 2 for us yep do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others thanks wait first john beloved if god so loved us we also ought to love one another and christine mark but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. If Jesus came to serve and not to be served, then what does that mean for us? You know, It's not about us as, in, as individuals. Right? The gospel is community. The gospel is glorifying God together. And so that's what church is, right? Um, and so when we uh, when we're able to do this uh, begin to love our enemies when we are able to love our neighbors and even people who hate us and revile us we'll know even more deeply how um, we'll know more more deeply the fear of the Lord right we'll know how great God is how much grace he gives to us Um, things will just start clicking I guess um you guys have any questions, comments, thoughts? If there's a, I would, I would recommend uh, on Amazon. Um, they're selling a little like booklet by Tim Keller. It's called the Freedom of Self Forgetfulness. It's like yeah, ninety nine cool. cents. So you guys can like. A blessed self forgetfulness. Yeah. It, it's really easy to. It's a short read. You can read it in like an hour. And yeah. then um, his main point is that we weren't created to think about ourselves. We were. Yeah. Like when we f- when we forget ourselves, there's such freedom in that. So it's a. Uh, it's really worth getting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a sermon based on that, which I I, I said last week, um, and it's it's really good. So if you went that, it's a Keller sermon. Um, and let me know. Um, and yeah, um, last last week we said uh, Welch says the path of service is the road to freedom, right? Such a great paradox. Like when we think of ourselves less and love others more, then it just frees us. You know, we'll no longer things will no longer be about us, right? Um, It'll be about loving others, serving others, even when they hate us, you know. 
when they, uh, we, we tend to be, think that when people hate us, then, oh man, then we get angry, uh, we think they owe us, or we think that they don't, you know, whatever. Like, we just think all these weird things, but no, it's, we're free when we love others, um, when we have this mentality that, um, of others rather than us, then it's just so free. So, other thoughts, questions before we end? Okay, cool. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for um, <laughs> these Bible truths. We pray, Father, that um, as we uh, study, as we dwell on these truths, that it would change us, uh, that it would free us, uh, that we would be um, happier people, that we would find joy in you, find uh, our significance and, and love in you and not in um other things, uh, Father. So we pray um, that we would uh, understand what we are called to be as Christians, that we would be outward facing and not just all about us as individuals. Uh, so do this for us, do, that, do this for each one of us, um, and be with us as we worship together uh, next hour. We love you in your son's name. Amen. Mm -hmm.